Today is January 2nd, 2023. The Pirates signed Rich Hill this week. The Harleen Garcia signing announced. And it's a new year. Let's look forward to the 23 season as it stands. It's the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. And I'm muted. Yins, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast, where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh, and I am joined, as always, by my brother, Jake. What's up, Jake? How we doing, man? Doing pretty good. Yeah. It is the new year, and we will avoid all of the cliches here. Um... <laughs> Yeah, this is, uh, we're going to take a look at some New Year things. Not like, you know, typical New Year things, but we're going to take a look at 23 for the Pirates. And just take a look at some of the things. And this is, you know, on the heels of of the Pirates signing Rich Hill, 42-year-old Rich Hill. He will be 43 before the season starts next year. So regular old Tom Brady. (laughs) <laughs> coming from coming from Boston and showing up in a Bucks uniform. Get it? Come on. Wow, that's, that's a lot. I thought that's, I didn't yeah. I didn't plan that. <laughs> that just came to me. I'm not even mad. <laughs> so, um yeah, we're going to get into the Rich Hill stuff. Um I don't know, do you do you do any New Year's stuff? You don't because the work situation there with with Ashley, right? She was working. Yeah, she was working. I just kind of stayed home, watched football the entire day, and then stayed up the entire night playing Assassin's Creed. There you go. <laughs> I think I went to bed at five this morning. <laughs> I was, awesome. Ashley, Ashley gets home from work at like four something, and I was like, "Oh, hey, so what's up?" Which Assassin's Creed? Uh, I just got Valhalla. I know it's a couple years old, but no, I think it's the latest one though. So obviously you stayed. You you said you watched football all day yesterday. Yeah. The the college football playoff semifinals, best there's incredible. ever been. Oh, hands down. That, that was, was awesome. incredible. Both yeah. games were just phenomenal. Back and forth fight, like it was, it was good. Uh, so we're like we've talked about we're we live in Ohio, mm-hmm. so obviously Kinda. Ohio State fans. Well, you used to right? You grew up there. Yeah. 100%. Um. Closest to Pittsburgh, you know, two hours closer to Pittsburgh than, than Columbus, certainly. But somehow we still, <laughs> you still get that Ohio State, right? You still get that thing. And so mm-hmm. we still pull for Ohio State. And I don't, I don't kind of dig in as much as you do to college football. I watch a lot of teams. Uh, we didn't talk about the pit finish. That was awesome too yeah, last week. Really but, uh, but man, those games were crazy good. And I, you know, I know a lot of, Ohio State fans that are bummed. I'm not. I thought it was a well-played game. I thought that, you know, all yeah, the teams. I, mean, I, I don't understand Georgia's coach saying they played poor. I That's it's a pretty trashy thing, but whatever. Yeah. The games were awesome, and I thought that all the kids played really well. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hopefully. I, I, feel, I feel bad for the kicker. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's, that's not a thing, right? Yeah. Go easy on him, guys. <laughs> He's a kid. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, ah, yeah, I just let's. Yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to go any more into it than that. I don't really do anything either. You know, we just. I didn't watch a ball drop other than the kick that dropped. <laughs> I watched that yeah. ball drop, but yeah, yeah, I, I didn't get. I not that I didn't get to. I got out of watching that this year. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of dread all that, and it's like there's nothing. It, but I'm glad that there was something on. Yeah, because that's just. Gosh. It was really weird for me too. Be you know, this is my first time living in a different time zone. Oh, so yeah. like everybody's texting me happy new year. I'm like, I just respond, I don't get it. It's eleven o'clock. That's funny. <laughs> you know, You're I just jerk. played it off. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, I immediately responded with happy new year and you're laughing. But um <laughs> but no, it was a little bit it was just a little bit weird. I, I kind of never even really thought about it until it was close. And I was like, ah, oh, this is this is kind of weird. Everybody's watching the ball drop and you know, we have another hour to go. Yeah. I guess everybody does that every year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I just never thought about it. New York. All right. <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, let's go around the league real quick. Uh, just because we like doing that. It's a little bit quicker. I, I mean, I can hit the timer, but I don't think it's even going to take that long. No. Nah. It's starting to slow down a little bit finally. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and hit it. See what happens here. All right, Rangers signed Nathan Eovaldi, two years, $16 million. They DFA Nick Mears for us there. They lost, lost a draft pick, another draft pick. They lost one with DeGrom. They lose one with Eovaldi. That's kind of interesting. They did the same thing with Seeger and Simeon. I'd say they just don't care to draft, I guess. <laughs> Carlos Correa saying that he's not interested in changing contract terms with the Mets. Last time I checked. Uh, will his stubbornness get him back on the market? I don't know. Braves extend Sean Murphy six years, $75 million. Don't understand why they're the only team who can talk players into team-friendly contracts. <laughs> they get Eli White from the Rangers. Why is this important? Hoy Park was DFA'd by a third team this offseason. They also acquire Lucas Lukey from the Yankees, who was designated for assignment himself, and then they designated Lewin Diaz, which is the fourth team to DFA Diaz this offseason. <laughs> Marlins signed Gene Segura two years, $17 million, to play third base. Red Sox signed Corey Kluber one year, $10 million. Uh, and I actually did run out of time, and you're <laughs> laughing at me. I, I thought I had all yeah. kinds of time. I was like, I'm going to say all this stuff. <laughs> Diamondbacks also signed Evan Longoria one year, $4 million. You know that when I think I have time, oh, I don't. You think you have more than you need. Yeah. Yep. How are the Braves <laughs> getting away with this? If the Pirates would have signed Sean Murphy six years, 75, everybody would have been talking absolute garbage on the Pirates. Well, I mean. They're so cheap, they can't even get. How do the Braves keep doing it? Every one of have, these contracts are team-friendly contracts. They also have a couple that are over $200 million. Still team friendly though. No, I yeah, I get it. I get it. But it's because they have a bunch of them. I, that's beside the point. How do you get an individual? Yeah. Like, okay, so well, I don't because know. Because they have a bunch of them is is how. I mean, they say, hey, look, this is what we're doing. We're we're keeping this whole thing together for as long as we can. We're signing everybody to extensions. You get an extension. You get an extension. It's just what they're doing. And so players looking at it like, hey, I know who I'm going to be playing with and around for the next six years. What was Olsen's contract? Did he get, I mean, Thank you, you got Matt years. Olson not making any more than $22 million a year. So he's still making $20 million a year, right? But mm -hmm. $20, 20 million, like 21 mm -hmm. this year, 
and then 22 for the next one, two, three, four, five, six years, and then a $20 million team option. That's even like, okay, that's fine. What was Ronald Acuna's? It's like really cheap. Ronald Acuna's is real cheap. He doesn't and even make $20 million a year during the entire life of the contract. Ozzy Albies is even less than that. As I mean, yeah, as it should be, but is he even making... Ozzy Albies signed like a seven. Not even ten million. Not even ten yeah. million a year, in any year. And the what's the, who's the other dude? I can't think of his name. They the, just the first baseman or the third baseman. Third the, baseman, Austin Riley. Riley. So same thing. It, it the most it is is twenty two million. So it's twenty. It's fifteen this year. Twenty one, and then twenty two from twenty five to thirty two, and then a, t- a twenty million dollar team option. But if if they would sign Brian Reynolds to to twenty million a year, everybody would dog the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Because we'd only have one of them. I don't care. It's individual. What they're saying is I get it. that specific guy. Yeah. You know what I mean. I get I get what you're saying, but when you lump it into the you can't you can't say the Pirates are cheap without talking about all the other contracts they have too. Yeah. Uh, I, I I get I get what you're saying. That it started with uh, it started with Albies and Acuna, and everybody said like, "Wow, they're going to regret signing those." And then it just continues to happen. I just don't know how they're talking them into it. Yeah, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's the fact of saying we know who we have for the next six seven years. But I the the I guess the issue I have is the fans that aren't fans of the Pirates that would come and say. I can't believe they're doing that to their players, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the that's kind of, the, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree with any of that. I just wonder how it's possible, and right. maybe that is it. Maybe that maybe it's just the fact that they've got a bunch of them. So uh, apparently, Dansby Swanson wasn't having any of it. Yeah. Wonder if his contract is on here yet. Well, any day now. <laughs> Well, we can move on. It's not. It's not coming. If, if it's not coming up right away, dude, we're recording. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna wait for you. <laughs> oh, <geez>. oh. <laughs> what in the world? Oh, a little hiccup there. Anyway, just to also say, the Braves acquired Lucas Lukey from the National or from the Yankees, and Eli White from the Rangers, and then they Lewin Diaz, Hoy Park DFA'd guys, Eli White. And Lucas Lutke were also DFA'd. That's how these trades happened. So when every time the Pirates either trade for or claim a guy on waivers, he, we all say, here we go again. The fact of the matter is, this happens all the time with a lot of teams. They mm-hmm. just cycle through these guys until they have, until either we get to the season or they have what they like. Which is why I'm still convinced that that Ryan Valade gets DFA'd at some point. He's another one of those guys. He was DFA'd. We got him. Who knows? We could DFA him too. It's the mm-hmm. same sort of thing, right? Uh, it, this is just the cycle of the way things happen. So let it play out before we start. Oh, I can't believe we claimed this guy again or this guy this time. You know, I thought we were yeah. getting past that, right? Which we'll talk about later. Are we getting past that? Are we? What does our roster look like? I don't know. That's a, to me. It's it's interesting because you look at a team like the Braves. I mean, how are you how are you arguing against what they've been doing? Do you think they win the, the division again, or you think this is it with the, what the Mets just did? I I think they still win it, but 
and I'm oh, I'm hoping they still win it because it makes your I house hope, Yeah, I get it. No, no, nope, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I hope the Mets don't go out and buy a buy a uh, division. You hope buy that it doesn't work out that way. Yeah, I get it. I mean, the Yankees tried it, and the Yankees tried it, and the Yankees tried it. When they finally started getting some homegrown talent coming up through, that's when they won. Hmm. Okay. So I'm hoping the Mets don't go out and just buy the, and and I'm not saying buy a World Series because you literally you cannot do that. You have to get hot at the right time, but you can just buy all the good players, and you could possibly win a division just by going out and buying good players because it's 162 games. Right. Yeah. Even worse if they win the World Series. Yes. It it changes the game, which, I mean, we talked about how this could possibly change the game anyway, but yeah, definitely agree with that. So for the Pirates, they finally announced the signing of Harleen Garcia. It turns out, so I, I, I kind of sent something out on Twitter and just said, hey, anybody got any news on this? <laughs> and Jason Mackey was the first one to respond and say, we should know something in the next couple of days. Um and then I heard from, um, oh my gosh, I knew I would forget this. Who was it that responded to me? I sent it to you too. Are you sent it to me? I thought I did. Uh, I got you. Hang on here one second, guys, just because I want to give credit to the people who responded to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, John Drecker. He said his wife had a child two days ago. This was on the 28th. I'm guessing her condition had something to do with him not wanting to be away to handle business. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. This is why it was held up. It was basically just because, you know, of that. So that makes sense. Um, but then he got back right after that. It was like right after, like the next day. It was like, hey, we signed Harleen Garcia. And we got the terms of that, right? What, what are our terms there? Um, I know it was... It was on there. I thought I had written it down, but it looks like I did not uh, write that down. So I know that they finished that off. It's a one-year deal with an option for 24, I know, but I don't have the actual numbers on that in front of me. So as a result, is this my I told you so moment? <laughs> to make I like, room, wait. I was like, "What are you talking about?" And it dawned on me. Which, to yeah. make room for Harleen Garcia, they have designated Bryce Wilson for assignment. So, I am gonna. I'm only playing that for a quick second because I don't want to be rude to like the human, right? But this is the right move. When we start looking at things later, we're gonna see that you're kind of running out of guys that are on in, on the same level here. Yeah. Bryce Wilson could possibly work out in the major leagues. He's still young enough. But I just don't think at the major league level here for this team that this is where it's going to where he's going to figure it out. I think yeah. that it possibly isn't going to get figured out until he's like 28 and I'm not here for it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going <laughs> to wait that long. He needs to yeah. figure it out. And maybe this is one of those guys that figures it out overseas maybe he's just a minor league guy maybe there's another team that will watch him for a year and see if they can figure something out i just don't see it happening here and i just didn't want to sit here and watch it when i wanted this to be over as a fan it's just not 
I, I'm, I lost my patience. You know what I mean? One year, I'm good. Two years, okay, let's see what it is. But if you just lose patience and, and he's out of options and you can't, you just can't do it, right? Yeah. Sign him to a minor league deal. Do something like that. Not us. And if he does clear and goes to AAA for us, I'm okay with that because he's off the 40, man. And then you can let things work out, right? Yeah. I'm okay with that. But, you know, and like I said, it's not anything, it's not a human thing. It's literally just a pitcher and an effectiveness thing. Uh, earlier this week, I said something like, like when, when the, you know, I, I reacted the way that I reacted when it happened. And Katie said, I'm going to start a podcast on my own and I'm just going to have all of the players' moms on him. And I'm going to say, what do you think about Bryce Wilson? Bryce <laughs> Wilson's mom. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, okay, whatever. I get what you're saying. But in the meantime, it's not working for me. <laughs> so if Bryce wasn't listening, dude, I, I honestly hope that you prove me wrong for you. Right? I hope he has an awesome season this year for somebody else. That's fine. I don't I won't feel like we missed out on anything. We you have to make these decisions based on what's happened. Mm-hmm. So Harleen Garcia is, is is official. Bryce Wilson's designated. We'll, I'm sure we'll find out some, some uh, something on him soon. This week, probably. You know what I mean? They have, they have 10 days. This happened a couple days ago. But then Rich Hill was signed. One year, $8 million. And I just want to hear from you straight up, your maybe your first thoughts and how you're feeling right now about this. Oh, man, he's old. <laughs> I mean, I was, I, I'm just going to be honest. That was my first initial thought. Yeah. It's like, ah, man. He's old. Yeah, and but, I kind of, I always think about, uh, you know, right before you do this, I always think about the same thing, that like, what are people going to think? And I got a couple texts, like, figures, the only team that would sign him. And I'm like, gosh. Yeah. So where do you go from there? Uh, you know, I mean, he's a savvy veteran. He, he knows how to pitch. Uh, he doesn't rely on, you know, he's never been a fireballer. So he don't, He it's not like he's losing a whole lot. It's like it's like kind of like a Zach Grinky thing for me. Like you 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 lose some on your fastball, but you never really threw all that hard to begin with. But you know how to pitch. You know how to get people out. That curveball still plays. That curveball is you know, awesome. It, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. So I'm not, I'm not upset about the signing at all. I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. I think it's a good signing. I think he's going to be good for the staff, the young pitchers on the staff. Um, is there an excitement level? Or are you just are you? Hey, this is par. This is what I. I, I would I wouldn't say excitement, but I also wouldn't say par. Um, I, I think it's a good signing. Like it's a solid signing. It's not a, it's not just a ho hum par signing. Like I don't think it's an eagle, but but it might end up being a birdie. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I went with the par. You went with the par. <laughs> so let me ask you this, uh, just because I'm, you know, I know I'm picking a lot on you right here to give me all your thoughts, but um, because we didn't talk much about this. A lot of times we do. Sometimes we save it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the, what's the downstream effect of this? What is, and we're going to get over it. We're going to go deeper into this a little bit later when we talk about like general moves, but just speaking specifically of Rich Hill, first and foremost, I mean, the Harley and Garcia move is the one that, that kind of DFA'd Bryce Wilson, right? Even though that kind of they they overlapped each other, 
The Harleen Garcia one is the one that cleared the way. But if you think about it, up until the Rich Hill signing, there was a chance Bryce Wilson was in this rotation. Mm -hmm. There was a chance that Zach Thompson was in this rotation. At this point, I think you can scratch both of those from this rotation entirely. Uh, I, I I wouldn't. Well, I mean, I think you can definitely scratch Bryce Wilson well, entirely. Yeah, yeah. But I think Zach Thompson still has a shot because I'm not sold on uh, Velasquez yet. But if and, it's and I think I think if the if those two battle it out in spring training and Thompson is a clear cut, you know, just made a bunch of improvements and took a big stride forward. We've already seen he's, he pitched really well in Miami. You know, if he if he can refine that and get get that going, then ultimately he's going to end up bumping Velasquez to the bullpen, where I think he belongs anyway. Well, I was going to say that because we have seen Velasquez succeed in the like. If you were to look at the two and you were saying, "Wow, that's really close," Velasquez is better in the bullpen than Thompson would be in the bullpen. Mm -hmm. When you look at the stuff. And so I would favor, if you think both are going to be good, I would favor to move Velasquez to the bullpen before Thompson. But before we before we get ahead of ourselves here, what about Oviedo? Because now what you've done is kind of, to me, it sounds like Velasquez has the, if all things are equal, he's got a job in the rotation. Mm -hmm. If all things are equal. he Somebody else, he's going to have to be very bad. He's going to have to lose it from the sounds of it. It's not going to be, well, Oviedo was a lot better than him this spring. If Velasquez is quote-unquote fine, he gets the job. In my opinion, the way that they've talked, right? And yeah. and the way that it that it seems. Now, I was first listening to it saying, oh, no, he's getting an opportunity. But the more I read into this and the more that I kind of take a look at things, the opportunity is for Velasquez to start. And it seems like that's what they brought him here to do. I still think it is an opportunity, and I think if he's bad, he's not going to get it. He's going to the bullpen. Right. But. I hope. Yeah, well, right. Like, I hope they don't just give it to him no matter what. Right. Even though they could. They could. <laughs> so, the, yeah, and there is part of that that's like, Zach Thompson still has two options. Mm -hmm. uh, and he may not even last the Rich Hill move, right? There's a possibility he doesn't even last that move. Um. Yeah, I mean, really, there's a possibility I, that's that's the case. I think he does, but I do too. I mean, there are, but we'll, I, we'll get into that, right? We'll get into what we think is is well, actually, maybe right now, but but the downstream is it looks like your rotation is going to have Keller and Contreras and Brubaker, Rich Hill. I think those four have spots, and there's no question, uh, barring an injury, those four are in the rotation. So you're mm -hmm. you're competing for one job, which sounds like Velasquez gets it, but Oviedo and Thompson are there, and obviously we we've said before we think Ortiz definitely starts off in the minors, and they'll be careful with him like they were Contreras last year. It's not about the fact of like, to me, it's the it's not about service time. It's more about protecting an arm, and I actually agree with it. I think they'll ease him into it, and I I'm okay with that. Um, but man, the depth is a lot better right now. Looking forward, if you can say that Oviedo, Ortiz, and Thompson are all depth options to start, you need depth. And it seems like the Pirates have just created depth. Now, granted, it doesn't mean they signed DeGrom. 
<laughs> it doesn't mean they're going to go win 85 games. But I like what this does. Not to mention, you missed out on Jose Quintana, who is a veteran. Now let's talk about Rich Hill as a veteran. And I know you said, quote unquote, savvy veteran. But let's just talk about the fact that like, we've heard some things about Rich Hill this week. As you look into things, you hear people say, this is a guy. Like, this is a dude who will help, even if it's just by watching him, which yeah. was the Jose Quintana thing. Guys learned from him. They liked seeing the way that he approached things. And Rich Hill's, I mean, does it almost remind you a little bit of like an A.J. Burnett? I mean, maybe he's not going to be as good as A.J. Burnett, but you're also talking about a guy who went out there and, you know, the whole yeah. sit the F down and, you know what I mean, all that kind of stuff that... <laughs> That guy's fed off of that type of attitude that says, even if I'm not as good, I'm going to act like I am. Yeah. And it does yeah, make pitchers better, as you would know. Yeah, I mean, you you have to have that confidence that, I, I, I don't like to call it arrogance, but it is a little, it is a level of that. Um, you you, you got to have that because you can't let hitters know, like you can't get intimidated by them or they own you right away. It's like, oh, this guy's scared. He's going to leave a fastball down the middle because he's scared. You know, you got to go up on a mound. You got to take the ball. You got to grip it. You got to rip it. And you got to give me the ball back and let me throw another one. You know, it's that it's that mentality that a pitcher's got to get in order to succeed. And Rich Hill definitely has that. And that's why he's been in the league for 18 years. Yeah. You know, he's never been he's never been one of the best. He's never been in that conversation. Right. Nor has he warranted it. I mean, he, he's been good. His whole career, he's never been great. I yeah. don't think he's been to one All Star. Like he isn't. Nope. He's he hasn't won any awards. Nothing like that. Nothing. Nothing flashy. But dude goes out there and gets the gets the job done. No, but he's put an 18 year career with a yeah. with a career ERA of 385. Yeah. Including yep. some bullpen stuff. Uh, 2013, 63 games out of the bullpen for Cleveland. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was, uh, he had been in the bullpen since 2010. 63 games, 38 innings. What a year. <laughs> that was before you only could throw, or you could throw to one guy and go back out, right? Yeah. Uh, or before you had to throw to three. Is, is that what I mean? But then he, I mean, 2015 looks like he was barely, he barely pitched in 2015, just four starts. And they were really good with Boston. And then the next year it was on to the next team. 20 starts. So just kind of all of a sudden he's a starter again and he hasn't been in the bullpen but one outing in 2018 and uh, one outing in 2021. It's just been all starts since then. And they've been good. I mean, you're talking last year he had a 427 ERA and the last time he was over a four ERA was 2013. That's interesting. Well, because yeah, you're also, you're also looking at the AL East too. You know what I mean? For a lot of that. Sure. Yeah. Well, the Dodgers, the, you know, 17, 18, 19, all with the Dodgers. Like those were great years. 332, 336, I was just talking about last year. I was just talking about last year. Oh, I got you. Yeah. With Boston. Oh, I got Jose Hernandez on there. Look at that. What's going on there? I don't know. I got it here. Hang on, guys. <laughs> it's out there. 
Yeah, it is. We got him. There it is. We got him. Sorry for those of you who are just listening. We were. I was pulling up the graphic I made for Rich Hill, and I hadn't replaced it yet. So that's because it crashed on me. It didn't save that. Oh, okay. So anyway, um, yeah, and and of course we remember. We'd be you know remiss not to bring up the Josh Harrison game, where Rich Hill threw nine innings of no hit baseball, and Trevor Williams threw eight innings of no hit baseball in that same game. If you remember that. And then, you know, Harrison lead off, led off the 10th inning because it was still 0-0 with a solo hummer breaking the whole deal and just crushing the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I remember that. That was a lot of fun. I forgot all about that, to be honest. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. And uh, yeah. Jordy Mercer made that catch to kind of keep the the deal going for, for Williams. And, yeah, dude, that was a fun one. But here yeah, we are. Was. I think that's the last time he pitched at PNC Park, actually. I think that's what people were were sharing was remember the last time he pitched at PNC Park, which hmm. makes sense. That was 2019, and he's been in the American League. So yeah. uh, Minnesota in 2020, and then 21 was split between uh, Tampa and the Mets, and then in Boston in 2022. So, uh, yeah, I think this favors him a little bit. I think that he, I think this is a good move for him. If he's if forty three is not the year where it becomes too old, but I mean, Jamie Moyer <laughs> pitched till he was what forty six, and it was the same sort of thing. He relied on Moyer was all about the changeup, and I mean, mm-hmm. Rich Hill's curveball is still really like really good. Yeah, I mean, well you're, above. You're you know, looking at like an Adam Wainwright type, you know what I mean? And he's he's older, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, <laughs> Rich Hill was at the University of Michigan at the same time that Tom Brady was there, I think. <laughs> I don't think Brady, I know Brady was like, oh, he could have been a catcher, but I don't think he played college baseball at all. I'm not sure. I don't, I, 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 I had about 10 minutes one day where I tried to look up if he had any, any baseball statistics at Michigan, but I couldn't find anything. So I didn't even find, I don't even think I found Rich Hill's baseball statistics statistics in Michigan so but either way um I I actually there is a little bit of excitement for me um it's not like that excitement that like I can't wait to see him pitch necessarily but there is a little bit of like excitement on what I think he'll mean to the team moving forward and one of those things to be honest with you is just the fact that we now have an actual rotation and we're not depending on young guys to be there no matter how bad we want them there. Oviedo and Ortiz specifically. I think we can take our time and we can do what's right moving forward. If we tell them you get the ball for 30 starts and they wear down and they're not good because of it, what does it do to their confidence? All of those sort of things uh, are things that I think about when it comes to this. And so I think that there's true value here a lot more so than what I saw from Velasquez. Um, I think Velasquez at this point is the first guy to, to be bumped if he's not performing. And what I like about that is who's going to step up Oviedo Ortiz. Will it be Zach Thompson? Um, And I, I like that. And I just think that, you know, having a veteran like this is a good thing for these young pitchers and I 
dude, the Pirates said we're going to go spend money on starting pitching, and we kind of were frustrated because we didn't see it happening. And here we are on the outside kind of looking at this saying, oh, wait a minute. Maybe they are doing what they... They didn't say how much they were going to spend. They didn't say what types of guys they were going to get. But did they spend money? Yeah, (laughs) they did. They technically spent $11 million on their starting rotation. So let's take a small break here and talk about what the rest of this looks like when you say, what does this team look like in comparison to last year's team going into spring training, opening day type stuff? And are they actually doing anything to get better? Or have we been just complaining about all of the individual things because they're not doing anything to be better? I don't know. Let's uh, take a short break here and, and see what we think. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge, the number two Bucktober. Audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform. Video podcast available on YouTube. Follow us on the socials and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take a couple minutes for a review. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back here on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Talking about Rich Hill coming in and... Looks like we ordered pizza here. <laughs> I think they're home. Uh, they, they they talked about going to to Bob Evans, but apparently they ordered pizza instead. Yeah. And I didn't hit do not disturb on my screen. So. Hey, at least you know your new doorbell works. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'll actually hear when somebody's here because I work from here and I don't ever know if somebody's at the door. <laughs> now I'll know. And yeah. it also will interrupt us which is hilarious. Okay, so anyway, let's take a look at the difference between what we're seeing right now out of this roster and what the roster looked like at opening day last year. Um, Because it's it's quite a bit different. I think I actually, let me see if I can get this right. Yeah, there it is. So if you're, if you're looking. The pitching staff is, like I said, a lot different. Mm-hmm. Anthony Bonda's not there. Aaron Fletcher, Heath Hembry, Sam Howard, Luis Oviedo, Dylan Peters, Jose Quintana. Okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Chris Stratton, Bryce Wilson, Miguel Yajure. That's a lot of names. It's not only a lot of names, but that's a lot of names that are, sure, I, I am okay with them being gone, <laughs> right? And then, yeah. you know, to add guys, Mike Burrows, okay, um... Chase DeYoung, who that's kind of a, it, you know what I mean? He was kind of there, kind of not, but 40-man roster now and had a great year last year. Mm-hmm. Yari De Los Santos, who we like. Harleen Garcia. Jose Hernandez, the Rule 5 pick. Rich Hill, which is not official yet, but he's he's there. Colin Holderman, which, you know, the injury, but I think a lot of people kind of like what they see there. Um, Dowry Moretta, Luis Ortiz, Johan Oviedo, Johan Ramirez, Colin Selby, Robert Stevenson, Vince Velasquez. <laughs> it's just a lot of names. Some of them, you know, mixed feelings, but for the most part, I think I'd take every one of those over most of the guys that I just said on last year's roster. Yeah. You know what I mean? hmm And you're talking, those are guys like, I literally named most of that list was on the active roster, not just on the 40 man. Sam Howard was injured, but he would have been. Heath Hembry, mm-hmm. Aaron Fletcher, Anthony Bonda, Miguel Yajore, Bryce Wilson, 
Chris Stratton, Dylan, all those guys were on the active roster. They were in Pittsburgh. And a lot of the guys I just named on the other side are not going to be, well, actually, yeah, maybe not even going to be. Yeah. So if we're just sticking with pitching, um, carrying over, and this is an assumption, we don't know who's going to be on the 26-man roster. Remember last year it was a 28-man roster, so there's an extra player. Um you know, that, that won't be accounted for, but David Bednar, JT Brubaker, Will Crow, Mitch Keller, uh, Dwayne Underwood and Zach Thompson, maybe kind of wild cards there. <laughs> when Rich Hill comes in, somebody's got to go. Yeah. So literally I just named one, two, three, four, five guys returning, six guys returning that are like, is that right? Bednar, Brubaker, Crow, Keller, Thompson, Underwood. So that's six guys who are like a possibility to return to the active roster. You have seven pitchers. Or no, how many pitchers do you have on the active roster? Yeah, seven pitchers. I'm thinking just bullpen here. You have yeah. 13 and 13. 13 and, yeah. So you've got half, basically half of your, of your uh, pitching staff is returning. If you're assuming the other half are upgrades which I'm going to just inject right here that they are, uh, aside from Quintana <laughs> yeah, and like half a season of Dylan Peters. But what we did with Dylan Peters could be, uh, you could say that's, you know, Harleen Garcia is still an upgrade over that as far as lefties, right? I know mm -hmm. he started some games, but that was kind of weird. But, I mean, you kind of got to have to say, you kind of have to say, yeah, they've done a better job. This is a better pitching staff. Yeah, you don't you, you don't have as many wild cards on this pitching staff coming into this year. We kind of know who the starters are and we kind of know who the relievers are with the with like an exception here or there. Last year it was like is Will Crow going to be a starter or a reliever? That's a good is call. Is Dylan Peters going to be a starter or is he a reliever? Like yeah. what what are we doing here? You know, who's we didn't there were so many unknowns in so many different ways we could have went. Will Crow's working on being a bullpen arm now. Like that's that's his job. Yeah, and wow, man. I mean, you got to say Mitch Keller was a big question mark last year. We saw all the stuff in the yeah. off season, but we didn't know how it was going to happen. And we watched that progression last year. You're going into this year with Mitch Keller, kind of saying, "I think he's, I think he's like we know who he is now. Mm -hmm. He's the guy." And sure, I mean, like, yeah, he's not an ace. No, he's he's like a two or three guy, right? And and maybe mm -hmm. the, maybe that's the knock on this team. I mean, we're not saying this team's going to compete right now. Sure, right. our best pitchers are two or three guys, right? We don't have that true ace on this staff. Um, and that's okay, you know, for where we are right now. But I, I feel okay giving the ball to any of those guys where last year there was just a lot of question marks. I mean, you had Wilson and Thompson in this rotation along with really Quintana at that time was a super big question mark. Mm -hmm. I mean, we weren't excited about Quintana like we would have been this year. <laughs> right. And so I think that there is a clear cut improvement. I mean, you look at the rotation from last year and this is just alphabetical because I'm going down through the list here, but Brubaker, Keller, Quintana, Thompson and Wilson with Crow and, and Peters as your depth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because now you're looking at Brubaker, Contreras. I guess you could say Contreras was the depth because he had had that cup of coffee. We knew he wasn't starting there, but 
Mm-hmm. You could, but but for the sake of it, right? Because even though he didn't have quite as many innings as what Ortiz had, I think moving into this year, Contreras was what Ortiz is. So mm-hmm. we would say Contreras is another depth option there. And I'm just looking to see ah, that was it. I mean, you could say Yohore maybe at the beginning of the year was a possible depth option. Um, so maybe we'll have another possible depth option uh, on this team. Uh, no, probably not. So uh, maybe you could say Mike Burrows is that much. You know what I mean? That's a pretty mm-hmm. far stretch there. But you got Brubaker, you got Contreras, uh, Rich Hill, Keller, Thompson, and Velasquez. Let's start with Velasquez, and and we'll make Thompson one of the uh, – <clears throat> Sorry, options. Depth Yo- pieces. Yeah, depth pieces. Johan Oviedo, Luis Ortiz. And then, like I said, you get further down the line, you start talking about Mike Burroughs. Or maybe even uh, if it's, if it's you know, a lot of injuries, maybe you transition, maybe Chase DeYoung into something like that. Um, yeah. And it's not, I mean, we say, we say it's a clear-cut improvement. It's still not great. Right. No, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just an improvement. Right. And that's all we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this stage, are we, you know, I mean, if you take Velasquez out of that rotation and have a bona fide ace, I actually do. I actually like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's yeah, like winning a division, yeah. right? It's not, you know, not winning a division maybe, but I mean, if everything works out possibly, obviously offense and everything has to go along with that. <laughs> but if I'm saying like, if you're a team trying to win a division, and maybe Velasquez or Brubaker is not there, but the other three are, and you have a bona fide ace in there. If you're a division, you know, if you're a division competing team and you have a Jacob DeGrom leading that thing, I mean, honestly, I could see that being a team that, you know. Yeah, because you're you're still looking at, at Contreras and Keller to take more steps forward, hopefully. Right. So, I mean, they could be clear-cut number two guys. Yeah. Yeah, if they take steps forward, they absolutely and then, could and then, be. And then you're looking at having them at two and three, you know, if you had that. If bonafide you had that ace. bona fide ace, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and and what I'm saying here is like, sure, we're, you know, the 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 verdict's still out on whether we even think this is a 500 baseball team, right? Right. But when it comes to the starting rotation, if you had everything else in place, I could see this being a 500 baseball team starting rotation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and that's nothing to be. Super excited about, right? Because you're still not competing for a division without a bona fide ace and a full staff, right? So we understand that. We're not, let's not get, you know, head over heels here. But what we understand is when you look at the difference between 22 and 23, there is an improvement without question. Mm -hmm. And you go to the bullpen and you see, I mean, like I have, so if you're on YouTube and you see like I have Y's over here for active, these are guesses. These are not official um, and I, you know, I don't know, but I don't have a why by Yuri De Los Santos and Colin Holderman and Dowry Moretta and even Johan Ramirez, which a lot of people are up and down on. I mean, and we do have them on Stevenson and Thompson and Underwood. So this is, there's still a lot to be sorted out here, but I feel like there's something to sort out. Yeah. The only guys we know about are those guys that we just claimed are the starting five. David Bednar, Will Crow. And Jose and Harley and Garcia and Jose Hernandez, because he's a rule five. He has to be, unless they just give him back. So you have three guys essentially 
four guys if you include the Chase DeYoung situation. Like, if he comes out and he's just giving up bombs, somebody else will step up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's still competition, too. And that's good because that means depth. I mean, you could start off with a triple-A rotation that's for real. <laughs> you could start yeah, off for, with, yeah, seriously. I mean, with Burroughs, uh, Ortiz, Oviedo, Priester, and I'm missing one guy that's not on the 40-man, but I should have on the top of my head. And it's I don't even think it's Cody Bolton, but let's even say Cody Bolton. But I feel like there's somebody that, that I'm missing there. But that's a really good rotation going to triple a right now mm-hmm. maybe it's thompson maybe hey <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> maybe it's cody bolton maybe there's another guy uh, that for whatever reason is escaping but man it's an improvement mm-hmm. so let's keep moving here catchers i think we're in the same boat we were last year yeah to start the season yeah when we have austin hedges and no one we've swapped roberto perez who we were like he's gonna last two months and he didn't even last that and we've swapped him with Austin Hedges. I think defensively you're getting something that's pretty similar. I think offensively you're taking a hit. But we don't even have a second catcher yet. We've got Heineman in in, uh, in a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. And we've got Andy Rodriguez on the roster who he's not, he's not going to be on the team. He played 10 games or something in AAA. Like he's going to play more AAA. It's just <laughs> going to happen. He needs to catch yeah. more before he's catching the majors too. So catching, I'm not real excited about. Last year on that ro- on that lineup or on that uh, roster, it was Andrew Knapp and Roberto Perez. So we are basically, in, it, we could be in the same boat here. Roberto Perez probably offers a little more offensively than Austin Hedges, but we'll see what is there on that second spot. First base, Yoshi, Vogelback, and Chavis. Chavis wasn't really considered as an option at first base to go into the year, but we know he played the most there. Yeah. So those were your options. Now it's Choi and Santana. Was that an upgrade? Yeah. Absolutely. Because Vogelback wasn't going to play first base. He barely played there, so let's really just say he's he was the DH option. Yeah. So really, you're looking at Yoshi and Chavis – and then the cast of Misfit Toys that also got spent time there at first base. And compare those to Major League Baseball players. And I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not saying yeah, that they're yeah, yeah. they're not 40 homer guys, they're but they're but they are deserving to be on a major league roster on any team at any point, depending on who you have on your team. They are average major leaguers, mm-hmm. which is what was better than what we had there last year, which was below average. Yeah, and and it's major leaguers who have been around for a while. Who, again, you're just helping with approaches and helping with, uh, you know, all the prep and everything that goes into everything you do in baseball, and just more veteran guys that can help out some of these younger guys. These younger guys aren't going to be able to grow up if there's no veterans around to help them. Yeah, and it's nice to have major league bats around them too. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we'd like to see more, but. You know, it is what it is. And I will say that Dan Vogelback also was good at that sort of thing as well. He he did a lot as far as not on the field with with vocal and prep and video and, and those sort of things. Like, that's probably his strongest thing yeah, of his game. So, all right, second base. Last year, I mean, we're looking at Cole hmm. Tucker, Josh Van Meter, Diego Castillo, Hoy Park, and Michael Chavis. 
that was kind of your options on this roster for second base. None of them returning. Instead, we're looking at Rodolfo Castro, Chihuan Bay, and Tucapita Marcano. Now, Marcano was on the 40-man, so was Rodolfo Castro, but these were not guys that made it on that opening day roster. Uh, improvement? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And once again, <laughs> maybe not because of how good, but because of how bad. Right. You know what I'm saying? Definite, I think if Castro continues on what he was doing when he came back up, it's a clear cut. Like he, if he takes second base and says, this is mine, then I think it's a big improvement. Um, looking at the roster itself, Diego Castillo, Michael Chavis, Kevin Newman, uh, Hoy Park, Yoshi, Cole Tucker, Van Meter, Vogelbach, all the infielders on that roster who are gone. And the new guys coming into this are Jihuan Bay, G-Man Choi, Carlos Santana, and Jared Triola. And you could look at Tucapita Marcano as another infielder, even though he listed as an outfielder both years. But he was there both years. Rodolfo Castro, O'Neill Cruz, Key Brian Hayes, and Leo Verpiguero, who we never thought was going to get a shot to play last year and did because of <laughs> you know certain situations. But there's some of that that's a little bit of the same, not names, but you know, people, you know, yeah. types, you know, but O'Neill Cruz being a major leaguer all year is going to be a big deal. We could still see keep keep Ryan Hayes has room to grow. Still. We oh, haven't seen sure. all that he has to offer. And hopefully we haven't seen all he has to offer. Hopefully there's more offensively to come from key Brian Hayes, which is third base. It was Hayes last year. It's Hayes this year. Nothing changed. Shortstop was Newman, Tucker, Castillo, and Park on the actual roster, but Cruz was an option we knew from the get-go. It's Cruz now. Mm -hmm. It's Cruz, and Castillo's gone, Park's gone, Tucker's gone, Newman's gone. They're all gone, so it's Cruz. Matter of fact, I don't even know who our backup shortstop is. I have no clue. <laughs> I mean, I guess if there's an injury, you could you could bring up Piguero or Triolo. Triolo is listed as third baseman, but the dude, his glove is good enough, he can handle short. Yeah. And we saw innings of Key Brian Hayes at shortstop last year. Don't be surprised if we see innings of that happen again. But also, G. Juan Bay can play short. Uh, hopefully, Rodolfo Castro, that doesn't happen again. I mean, maybe he's better. Maybe he's, you know what I mean? But that kind of I, felt weird last yeah. year. It was forced, yeah, I, like I think, a little at, bit. I like him at second or third. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh. You know. Let's move on to the outfield here. Anthony Alford, gone. Ben Gamble, gone. Mariznick, gone. Of the guys who actually made it to the roster, it was just Gamble, Mariznick, and Reynolds. So you go to left field, and it was Ben Gamble, and it was just clear cut. I mean, we had three outfielders, literally. I mean, Tucker was listed as a backup outfielder for right field. We know that there was other guys who played innings in right field and, and whatnot. We did not see Sawinski coming <laughs> <laughs> no, but obviously he played a lot, but he wasn't, you know, an option heading into 22. You had Gamble this year, looking at left field, Swinski, Andujar, and Joe. So there's, there's more options. If Swinski takes a step forward, we know the power is major league power. We need to see, you know, this is probably the, the, the part where I ask more questions. We were a little more sure of Ben Gamble than we are of Swinski, Andujar, and Joe. 
I think mm-hmm. you weren't excited about Ben Gamble, but you knew what you got. Yeah. Brian Reynolds in center last year. As of right now, Brian Reynolds is in center for the Pirates in 23. Obviously, mm-hmm. we know that storyline. Everybody's been all over that storyline, and we're just not, we don't have the time to go into it right now. Jihuan Bay is another option. And really, Swinski. Mariznick, Tucker, kind of your options going into that year last year in right. Now it's Mitchell, Smith and Jigba, Connor Joe, and then, you know, whatever else happens. Obviously, Miguel Andujar, Connor Joe, Cal Mitchell, Smith and Jigba, Sawinski. Those are all your corner outfield options heading into this year. And just go sign Kutch. (laughs) Right? That'd be sweet. And then you only have... It would fit, too. It would fit right now. It really would. And maybe that means that Andujar or Connor Joe doesn't make it. And I'm okay with that. (laughs) Connor Joe still has two options, believe it or not. Yeah. I I have a hard time with with our outfield. I think think it's taking a step forward just because I think it's a little more deep. There's a little bit more depth there. Um, Well, there's three outfielders on the roster last year. Actual outfielders, not infielders trying to play outfield right yeah so i i think i think on that one there there is a slight improvement yeah again again the the swinsky thing you're i'm really hoping to see i like the the guy like i think he's you know just a cool guy he could be a good ball player too yeah i think he could be a good ball player too and and if he takes that step forward you know I don't want to say the sky's the limit because it's not, but I don't think he's got that type of ceiling. He could be but better think, than Ben Gamble. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the power. Gonna, yeah, I think he could hit 25 homers and still and it, be a good good outfielder too because yeah, his defense if, is good. Exactly. And if he's a guy that sits in your seven hole and hits 25 home runs, your six or seven hole, and hits even 230, mm-hmm. if he can get that on base around 300 and hit 25 homers that deep in a lineup – then he's still a productive player for a team, assuming the guys that are one through six are better than that. You know what I mean? And that's <laughs> right. that's the trick. And that's where you yeah. start saying, like, where is this team? Sure, we're not competing for a division. We're probably right. not even a 500 team. I'm patient with that. I understand the process. This is the fourth year of a rebuild. The fourth year of a rebuild is typically still bad. 24 is the year that we have to make a step towards the 500 mark and then beyond. Some teams figure it all out. Uh, if you look at a team like Baltimore, their fifth year of a rebuild, they're just a few games over 500, but because of that extra playoff roster or that extra playoff spot, they actually were thinking about the playoffs at some point last year. Yeah. And so that year, that 22 year for Baltimore, and I've said this before on this podcast, but if you weren't around for that, uh, that is year 20, 2024 for us. And that's when I start getting critical, right? If we don't mm-hmm. see like wins and losses improving at a significant level in 24, that's where I start saying, okay, is this rebuild working? You know right. what I mean? And it's not because of like a million injuries, right? There has to be like, hey, our guys are playing and they're not working. Is it development? Is it did we didn't sign enough guys? What is the problem? But either way, it would be a problem at that point. If this team goes out there and wins 75 games this year, I'm going to say it's kind of what I it's kind of what I expected. 70 to mm-hmm. 75 win, without looking at a roster, just thinking in general of year 4 of a rebuild. 
no names, no front office people, no coaches, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Only basing it off of year four of a rebuild. I mean, Baltimore lost over 100 games in year four. You know what I mean? So you don't know where it could be. But I don't think this team loses 100 games right now. I I, I don't see that. But they're going to have to play the games. And they're go- the, the, these guys like Jack Swinsky, O'Neal Cruz, even Key Brian Hayes I'm putting on this list offensively, there has to be an improvement. They can't just say, well, naturally, we're just going to be better. No. You've got right. to continue to develop. You've got to continue to get better. Because what we need to know is moving into 24, do we need to replace Rodolfo Castro? Do we need to replace Jack Sawinski? What does this outfield look like? Is is Brian Reynolds still on the team? You know what I mean? Chances are he's not right, compared right. to the way things are going. And if And if so, boy, that sets this thing back. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. A, so, I don't know, but be a big hole to fill. But looking at twenty three as it stands now, outfield, not a whole lot of improvement other than the fact that we know a little more about Sawinski. Infield to me is a vast improvement. First and second base alone. Mm-hmm. Shortstop, there's some give and take there. We've got to see O'Neill Cruz get better defensively, and with the with the strikeouts but the power is going to be the power is going to be there. Yeah. Pitching wise, I just think it's 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 significantly better. Without Yeah, I do too. Wilson, Thompson and and looking at I just the names the the, the Hembry, Underwood, Bonda, Peters, Fletcher, Yahore, that's huge. And we're looking at guys who you know there's options there. There's guys to move. So we'll know more when Rich Hill is officially signed. We didn't we didn't mention Ryan Vallade other than earlier in the episode. He is on the roster as an outfielder. Um, so there is that. Uh, I I tend to still think he's one of those guys that if they continue, like I just obviously just said, sign Kutch, he certainly wouldn't make it past anything like that. Um, but he has options too. <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, you know, I it's possible that he's around, and I don't know. Either way, I don't know what this team looks like. I'm not making a, a call on whether they can win 75 games or not. There's, I think there is still more. What I am sure of is they have improved this roster. Yeah. And, you know, last year was a lot of question marks. This year, a little bit less. And yeah, major think, question marks. And it's like, if Cole Tucker can do anything. But mm-hmm. most people said he can't. If Yoshi can do anything. And I'll be the first to say, I told you. I told you. He wasn't. <laughs> I told you. you I, that's, if Dan Vogelback can be productive, which he did about as good as we, we could expect there. He didn't hit one into the river, though. Yeah, we so we said he had waste. to. Yeah, it was a, we, yeah, had to. And he didn't do it, so. But it was just last minute ads of Van Meter and Marisnik and Knapp, and it just felt like we had no idea what we were doing. There was so many. There was a question. There were a lot of question marks that were. I don't think he'll be good, but maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean. And yeah. this year, it's I think he'll be good, but maybe he won't. And now, and I'll say that specifically about Sawinski. I think he'll be good, but I mean, 
very well could crash and burn. Sophomore slumps are real. If O'Neill Cruz doesn't improve defensively, but we think he'll be good. There's more positivity around that than there is negativity. I would say the same for Rodolfo Castro. I would say, oh, I'm not super excited about Castro, but maybe he can be a depth piece. Now it's like he could develop into a starting second baseman and make us, you know, allow us to be more patient with a guy like Nick Gonzalez. Yeah. And Leo Verpiguero and, and, you know, whatever. I don't know, man. I, I just think that the, it, the, it's definite improvement. And I say what you want, call us what you want. It's improved. I'm not calling for a division, but it's better. <laughs> yeah. I think it could be fun. Yeah. I mean, it's all, to me, it's always fun watching guys try to, uh, it was the word I'm looking for. Develop. Here. Yes. I like, I like watching guys develop. I think it's fun. It's interesting. And you kind of never know what's going to happen. They could go out there one day and hit three home runs on Father's Day. You, you don't know mm. until it, ha you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's going to pretty much wrap us up here. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't, I don't hate where we're going right now as much as I would have complained about it. And probably we have, we've complained about things that haven't happened that we wanted to happen. But when you sit back and you look at the roster, it actually is better than it was last year. Mm -hmm. So things are starting to take shape and we'll see that happen again this year. And Bob nutting willing, we'll start winning games in 24. Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see if, you know, there's allowed to be a little bit of, you know, guys that will actually make a significant impact showing up in the future. Maybe, maybe, maybe we see Andy Rodriguez, Henry Adam. I'm going down a rabbit hole. Next week is episode 100, guys. I don't think we're doing anything special for it. We're just going to have another episode, but it's going to be 100, so that's going to be cool. Yeah. Um, that's about all I can say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, arbitration numbers need to be submitted by the 13th, so maybe we'll know a little more about that. I don't know. But either way, um, that's all we have for today. Yep. Happy New Year, everybody. If you're a New Year's resolution kind of person, good luck. You probably won't stick to it, but I hope you do. <laughs> I don't do them because I'm like, I don't, either. I don't need one more thing to fail at. <laughs> right? That's me. I have things I want to do, but they don't really matter when I do. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks! <laughs>